On this DMV Sports Roundtable, can the Skins make it three wins in a row over the troubled New York Giants and then, hey, maybe come back here to defeat Atlanta? But let's not get ahead of ourselves. we got to focus on the G-Men. Trent Williams knows that. No matter what they're going through, you know, playing on Sunday can fix everything. You know, when your building is on fire, you win. It kind of puts it out for a second. So, you know, I think it's definitely one of those things that we have to be aware of. And, and you know, a wounded animal is most dangerous. We'll also talk about the NFL trade deadline. And a little later, how'd you like to walk into a hotel right here in D.C., order your drink and your food, and place your bets for that night's games. The nation's capital tries to become a sports gambling mecca. Dimitri Soda is here with Jamal Bowens and George Wallace, and a little later our guest Noah Frank, who is WTOP's digital sports editor. But first things first, who's hurt ahead of this Giants game, George? Uh, Jamison Crowder's not going to play again, which we kind of knew. He hasn't practiced in a while, but he's out of the walking boot this week, so that's good. Chris Thompson's questionable. Quentin Dunbar is questionable, but he with the shin contusion but he hasn't practiced all week either. I bet he doesn't play. And then uh, Paul Richardson practiced this week, so that is good. So that they could be getting some of their weapons back on the offensive side, so that'd be good news. I think Dunbar bothers me the most just because I'm not they're comfortable with Norman on Odell anymore. You know, he can get into his head possibly. Yeah. But in, in terms of, you know, strapping him up one-on-one, I, I don't see that in Norman anymore. I mean, he had problems with Michael Gallup last week, who was a rookie. Um, he's had some problems with secondary receivers who are not necessarily, you know, the premier receivers. So Odell still, as he showed last week, can get it done. You know, he had 100 some odd yards, late touchdown. I don't know if Norman can still hang with him. With Dunbar being, if Dunbar was out there, I would much be much more comfortable with Dunbar on Odell. And it's, it sounds crazy, but, well, you know, but just from what I, the eye test, I, I'd just be more comfortable with that. It depends on how much time, you know. Eli actually gets the throw, too. And that's, that's, that's the big thing, because they, they look like five turnstiles lined up next to right. each other last week uh, against the Falcons. So and that, was, that, it, that could be your, your MVP there. You know. Well, I think, I think the lines, it's what's, it's what's going to have to win this game. Because on their side, even the left side, which Nate Solder, who kept Brady upright for, you know, I don't know how many years, and Will Hernandez, who... Coming into the draft, I wanted us to draft him because I, I liked him coming out of UTEP. Even that left side looked ridiculous. Yeah. And from the center on to the right side, I have no clue who those three people are. Never heard of them in my entire life. And I got to pride myself on knowing either. who players. I don't know those dudes at all. Thing of course is, you pride yourself. You have 20 fantasy teams. You do know a lot. 30, man. Don't, 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 don't undercut <laughs> Don't short Jesus, sell it. 30. 30. Don't, don't undercut me. Sorry. I need to give my full credit. Right. I look at the rush that Atlanta put on. Their one big guy in the middle is Grady Jarrett. And, mm-hmm. and he had a sack also. But for the most part, Tack McKinley and Beasley rushed from the outside. That rush we have up front is going to be able to just blow that whole thing up. That's and hopefully, they'll, you know, Preston Smith and Kerrigan can continue uh, from last week. Their trade of Snacks Harrison. To me, they still got B.J. Hill, who's a rookie. They have uh, Tomlinson, who is a, is a Bama boy. They're two big boys. But Snacks was the run stuffer. If you're Gruden, hey, you dance with the girl that you brought, and that's Adrian Peterson. Because if it's not for AP, we're not four and two. No, he, that, that's the, he's. You got you. you if, if, if Snacks Harrison is not in the middle of that line, you have got to exploit that. He's gonna. They're gonna. They're gonna run it anyway. I mean, he's. Yeah. It, it, they. They have to. That's where the game. This game will be won up front, both sides. So the overarching no. theme is it's uh, Saquon Barkley versus Adrian, Adrian Peterson. Peterson. Yeah. Whoever yeah. has a better game wins the game. And 
And you know what? I think Saquon. I don't. I think Saquon may have to affect the game in the passing game. Only uh, the kid Wilkins from Indy, Indy, sixty-one yards. Ingram, fifty-three, and the rest goes down from there. We're not talking about. You know, just your run of the mill. We're talking about McCaffrey. We're mm-hmm. talking about Johnson. We're talking about Zeke, Kamara. We're talking about top NFL running backs that this team is pretty much shut down. So Saquon, especially with the line being the way it is and the strength that we have up front, he might not affect the running game as much as one might think he will. He might be more effective out of the backfield. Possible. As opposed to, because the way this team has stopped the run. And then it's another game for Zach Brown. Last week, was per, that was a Zach Brown game because he's not a coverage guy. No. But sideline to sideline, he chased 21 with the job last week. The job this week is to chase Saquon. And, and when you give him that task, he's, he's more than up to it. So can they buckle down, beat the Giants, despite the recent history of uh, New York having the Skins number, even when it was the Skins that had everything to play for and not the Giants? That was the thing. The last couple of times I've been up there, Redskins have been playing for th- something, and they came out flat and right. just completely wet the bed. But you know, Different quarterback also. Yeah, I mean, but... Different quarterback also. I, I, this team, you know, look, this is the game they should win. The Giants aren't very good, and, and the Redskins... You know, if they stick to their formula and don't try and get cute, exactly. Then yes, they should. You know, win this game with the Giants. You know, but as as Trent said it best, you know, wounded animals dangerous. I love that quote this week. But he, uh, you know, and but they know that. I think. I mean, they've had this situation up there before the last couple of years. This time, it's in the middle of the season. The right. Last two years have been the end of, end of the year, and they do have a little momentum, and they still feel, they feel pretty good about themselves and realize. I mean, it's another division game, another chance to get another game. So, you know, we'll see. The key to me is this. This team has to start scoring touchdowns in the second half. If you do and not in the red score, zone. Right, and in the red zone. Scoring early, that's wonderful. But if you do not score touchdowns and keep the pressure on the team, Dallas came back, Carolina came back, you continue to keep that door open for an entire half, then, yeah, something's going to give away. Mm-hmm. Last week, the offense did everything they could to give that game away. The defense just wouldn't let them. Yeah, it was bad. They could Here, take it. Here, no, here, Zeke, take it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Defense said, no, give me the, no, we're going to take this game because you guys keep But that's the thing up there, the game too back. many funky things happen. Eli just needs one, you know, right. tie game late or down two or whatever. And they're on the road. Yeah. Fluky things have happened this entire NFL season, but they've got to keep their nose to the grindstone. They should be able to win. Everything is laid out for this team right now. As of today, the only team they have left on their entire schedule with a winning record is Houston. If they take care of their business, Owen's got to catch up. Defense has done what they've had to do. They set their identity. Hopefully, this is a week where Alex Smith and Gruden can kind of get on the same page and Smith can get on the same page with his receivers. Things kind of click. I know guys have been in and out. Crowder, Richardson due to injury. Thompson, but at some point, that offense has to click, and they've got to score in the second half. What do trades by the Cowboys and Giants mean for the NFC East that the uh, Redskins currently lead? This trade deadline now kind of it's I don't know if this is going to be a trend going forward. With what the Giants are doing and what Oakland is doing, it almost feels like the feel of the MLB trade deadline when you have buyers and sellers. Raiders have been sellers. And now the Giants look like they're doing the same, having moved Eli Apple and then the next day moving Snacks Harrison to Detroit. And the Raiders had definitely been sellers starting with trading Khalil Mack and then now trading Amari Cooper to the Cowboys. But they have accrued five first round draft picks for the next two drafts, three in 2019 and two in 2020. The Giants, I would not be surprised if you see Olivier Vernon or Janoris Jenkins. Those are the guys they spent a lot of money on this defense. 
Harrison got a lot of money. They were going to move on from Apple eventually. That's probably not the Eli most Giants fans wanted in the trade, but hey, you know, he might get moved too. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I don't know how this is going to work with Dallas and Amari Cooper. Because I don't know, was it Derek Carr taking a step back or was it Cooper's injuries would slow him down in Oakland? And can Dak even really get him the ball if he's running deep routes? I think this Dallas offense is predicated on a first read that uh, Dak makes and he's going to hit the open receiver. That that's the easiest throw to make. That's why you saw Cole Beasley getting pretty involved right. against uh, the Redskins this past week. I think the Raiders fleeced the Cowboys, quite frankly. Oh, they did. The first oh, round they pick. did. No question. They did. Amari Cooper is not worth the first round pick. I, not now. There's, there's not very many players that are worth like the eighth overall pick if the season no. ended right now. That, I mean, yeah. that, that I would, other than a quarterback. Uh, and you got to look at what, what Gruden, and I guess I'll give McKenzie some credit on that also. I guess they're working together in that front office. They're not going to have a very high pick. Dallas, who knows what they're going to land and who knows where Chicago lands so let's say you're looking at a pick from the top five to let's say maybe the latest 15 to 20 Mm -hmm. those three picks so, yeah, that's a pretty damn good job. Yeah, I think that uh, Oakland's setting up for their uh, nice, friendly confines in right. Las Vegas, and they'll have a nice team oh, there yeah. coming I mean, in yeah, to play exactly, in front of you the have tourists. The Gruden's going, he's got a 10-year contract. Yeah. He's looking for Which the future, and these are, these are not his guys. Coaches, we say this all the time when they come and they're looking for their guys. It surprised me that they had Joseph and Connolly on the market as well, which are young guys, young, talented guys. I'm not sure why they want to part with them, but maybe it's not a fit for Gruden. I don't know. Osimile and some of the other guys, they've got big contracts and you might can get some more for them. Definitely looking forward to building a young foundation. And the fans at Vegas can look at those guys and these are our guys. These are guys drafted to play in Vegas, not necessarily people that they have to start cheering for. They were in Oakland, and now they're in Vegas. They have their own homegrown talent, so to speak. Honestly, if I were the Cowboys, I would have potentially tried to land a tight end. I know it's kind of a barren market for that, but... Trade the Redskins and get Jordan Reed, who has uh, been a little not, bit unproductive here. You can roll with Vernon Davis and uh, no sold a bill of goods, right, Dimitri? Didn't well, we hear that? Didn't you bring that up to me on the well? Wall? Chris Cooley was saying yes. that that uh, Alex Smith was sold a bill of goods on Jordan Reed. I mean, where do we leave with trades? Uh, there's been some talk about Demarius Thomas going to anybody. I think Demarius is off, but they for said, right now, yeah. and I think you might see Sanders available. Peterson is now. Oh, uh, they'd be stupid. They would, they would be, but that's that was the latest word that I saw, that Thomas was now off the market and Sanders was a possibility. Peterson has now been taken off the market. If there is a player or a position that the Redskins could make a move for, Wide receiver. which receiver. would it be? Wide receiver? receiver. receiver. Just because with the injuries and that Not no guard. one's really emerged. Yeah, sure. But I, I, could feel say, like- I, I say guard because, of course, I'm not sold on Laval. And I just mentioned Coleccio Simile with the Raiders. If mm. you take him, make a trade for Simile, put him next to Williams, and then you have Laval for depth. I would take that because that that'll definitely open everything up. Laval is he's been decent when he's played, but he he's always give up he's oft injured. I don't know. You know, it, it depends on the price. Not for I mean, you could probably brother on brother crime. You could get you could get Kalechi for uh, a mid round maybe uh, a three. Don't they have like two threes or something like that? Probably you could maybe you know that, that, the three would probably be the highest. I wonder you would if go. the Raiders would do. Can that, they take though? his salary on? Is is, is the question? Right. You're gonna really let Derek Carr get uh, just crushed constantly by well, trading away John, their offensive who's line. Who's the coaches out there? John, he said 
they're not trading Derek Carr, which means they're going to. So mm-hmm. if they do that. Jacksonville, you might call them and see if they've probably given up on Bortles at this point. They might be open to making a trade for Carr. See if the Giants want him for Eli or something like that, because those two teams are possibly targets that you can go to. What why receive people talking about bring Deshaun back. Yeah. Yeah, me. I would rather bring back Garcon. Pierre. No, I think he looks kind of finished. He's hurt all time. Why do you Why do you need Deshaun when you have Paul Richardson? Why do you need that? Because is Deshaun really Paul, is... Is he really have Paul Richardson? And, and Deshaun what, is on what, a different level than... Okay, but, but it, okay if, if Pierre looks basic, what does Deshaun look like? He's had one or two good games, but, but tell me really... Truly, he still looks explosive to me. Uh, I think I think he still looks good. What, what has he put together? It's not his fault that Jameis Winston just throws it to everybody. It's not like there's uh, and Mike Evans mostly. I think Deshaun's just kind of lost down there. They love Adam Humphreys in Tampa Bay, who gets like more targets than like anybody. They're short yardage routes, but I just think there's just too many people there for Deshaun. And I, if Tampa Bay wants to make some sort of a run into the postseason here, I think that they probably need to address yeah, their defense, Tampa Bay. What, so, what run in the postseason they making? I'm three and three in a division yeah, they where ain't I, running nowhere. I don't. I don't think it's a <laughs> nah, question. Nah, nah. I, don't, I don't see it. Their their defense is terrible. So I think exactly that if they, their defense is terrible, Jameis is unpredictable at best. Give them the Quentin Falcons Dunbar are down. For, uh, the Falcons the, are down, Sean. but you still got you still dealing with Carolina and the Saints. They're not getting past either one of them. Trade Quentin Dunbar and uh, okay. Now we just talking fifth, crazy. sixth rounder for Deshaun. Why, that, that would be what? interesting. What? Why would you do that? Cut changes the mic. dynamic of this offense. Cut it changes the dynamic of the defense. Cut his mic no, off. No. Yeah. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Chris, you've been drinking on the damn job. No, what are you I talking wish. about? No. Josh Norman will, 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 will concede. All this gambling talk. <laughs> exactly. He's going to his, his mind in Vegas. <laughs> or the gambling talk we're going to get This is con- Josh Norman, and I said this earlier, is not really the number one guy anymore. Quentin Dunbar is going to step into that spot. Why would you give him up? For Deshaun Jackson. You're more of the depth guy than I am on the secondary, so uh, somebody will step up. uh, You see, they're not necessarily... getting somewhere. Go ahead. It's not there. They're not necessarily ready for that because I think Dunbar will get into the number one spot. I see Norman losing steps. Yeah. Dimitri, I'm concerned ref- about him one. going one on one with Odell because he had problems <laughs> with Michael Gallup. He has he's just, had problems with secondary receivers. I just don't think defenses matter as much anymore these days uh, with the Holy new NFL rules. Geez. You can kind of plug and play in somebody <laughs> that you drafted. Hopefully, the decision was made, uh, and then yeah. Well, here's the this, thing: there's no Deshaun Jackson. I agree with that, and there's no Deshaun. Deshaun can change a game just like that. That's fine. And the, the, to your point though about plugging someone in, they plugged Stroman in. He got torched the other day. So Twice. you have to be that. You know what I mean? In that mm-hmm. situation, yeah, mm-hmm. you can't. But that goes that. back to your. That goes back to how you you draft in your front office. Well, Stroman's a seventh round pick. Yeah, he shouldn't be there in the first place. It's not his fault. It's no, it's not his fault for being Greg Stroman. It's, it's, it's not his fault. You know, he he tried to do do what he did. Whatever, that's fine. He got thrown in a position that he probably shouldn't have been in. You get Hosley back. Is Hosley healthy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So hopefully he can. I think Moreau can play both. He's had more success inside rather than outside, but has the ability to play both. No, I would not sacrifice what will probably be your number one corner going forward for right now. I don't know who they bring in. I don't know who they draft. But the number one guy is not Norman anymore. Just the name, but not not by ability. Quinn Dunbar's nerve damage in his leg. Yeah. Sin contusion. Sin contusion. Okay. But nerve damage sounds a lot Yeah, worse. that that sounds that, that <laughs> yeah, makes true. people nervous. I, I mean, especially with with Kyshawn Jarrett, who we drafted and unfortunately 
his his career was cut short here. When Check. you talk about nerve damage, you know, I think about that. Then you have Jalen Smith's situation in Dallas where he's recovered from that and he's playing at, at, at a high level. But when you hear that, I agree with you, Chris, when you hear nerve damage, that does make you nervous. The trades really don't affect the Redskins at all. I think the Redskins, <laughs> I, I don't think it does. All in all, it doesn't affect the Redskins. That's, that's the answer I was looking for. I, and when it comes to Amari Cooper, I, I just don't see him making as big of a splash, as big of a difference as people think based on what we talked about before with Dak being kind of RG3, one read, first guy open is gone, and not having the patience or the offensive line protection, which you saw last week because they got handled. Yeah having the time to get the ball to Amari to stretch the field. He'll be able to do it. I have no doubt if he's healthy, you know, he can stay dinged up sometimes. I have no doubt that he can get open, but can they get the ball to him is a big question. So I think ultimately it doesn't affect the Redskins as much. The Redskins affect the Redskins. They are the masters of their own destiny. Everything is laid out for them. So it's them. It's not really much what anybody else in the division does. It's them. Right now, if you live around here, you want to legally bet on sports. I think you got to drive to West Virginia, Delaware, Pennsylvania, some of the closest states that allow it. D.C. council members say, let's capture that lightning in a bottle before Maryland and Virginia do it. Noah, how soon might we have sports betting here in the nation's capital? Uh, well, if everything goes sort of as Jack Evans, who introduced this bill, uh, would like it to go, you're, you're looking at, in the next week, uh, sort of wrapping up discussion on the bill, trying to move it through uh, its first vote. It requires the the committee vote. It requires the full committee vote. Then goes to the mayor. If, if if all of the things sort of go along the chain, the way that that uh, it, the way that a smooth legislative process goes, then it goes in front of Congress. They have uh, a window where they can basically uh, overturn it. Uh, that's the the, the, pr- reality the price of, of living in DC. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, and if if they don't, and then it and then it it becomes law, you're talking four to six months after that, that the logistic part of it uh, of of an actual the lottery commission or however this ends up sort of getting created will be able to set up operators that can take sports bets. So you're, you're looking sometime in the summer, June ish, let's call it, before this would be operational if everything moves you know smoothly. In my introduction, I suggested, just as you know, a theory, one of our nice hotels around here where you could order food and drinks and place your bets. Would that be the kind of facility, or maybe we don't know that yet? The one thing, before I get into specifics, I think that anybody who tells you what they know it's going to look like, those are the people that you know are lying, because <laughs> no one has any idea. Like This is, this is really, I, Daniel Wallach, who I spoke to about this way back when, when we first found out that, that PASPA was on the Supreme Court docket, that this was a possibility that the initial law that was in place that was preventing states from setting up their own sports books, that that might get overturned. He he already was saying, he's a lawyer who's dealt with a lot of this stuff, he was saying, this is going to be a total gold rush. It's just going to be, you know, there is no blueprint for this except for essentially Las Vegas. And Las Vegas is... Uh, a casino-based blueprint. I mean, that's where your sports books are. They're in casinos, yeah. and uh, I think that's how we're used to thinking about it. We don't have casinos in DC. I don't see that coming anytime soon. So, the physical structure of what this looks like is is kind of up in the air. Uh, people like Ted Leonsis very clearly want to have them at sporting venues. Uh, that I think will be the first wave that you would see. Is you you will see it at Capital One Arena. You will see it at the Entertainment Sports Arena. You will see it at Audi Field. I mean, you will see at at our actual I mean, at the convention center potentially at those big places. Then, really, as long as you can provide 
as long as you, you sort of there's a rigorous process to to get a license as an operator, but it's only fifty thousand dollars for a five year license, I and mean, that's oh. a, that is an accessible number. You could see this filter down not just to restaurants or hotels or bars. Even as far as you know, successful convenience stores. I was going to say like yeah. maybe Walmart, Seven Eleven, you know, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, something like that. Yeah, like anywhere that that carries a lottery already, right? I mean, if it's run through the lottery commission, you 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 have the potential. And you know, we the the model that, that I look at is England, where there's eighty six hundred sports books in the UK. Hmm. 8,600. I mean, there's 66 million people in the UK, but it's not that big of a, of a country. No, no. Like 8,600, you, you extrapolate that across the United States or even just to a, to a place like DC. I mean, you could be talking about dozens of them with multiple different operators. MGM wants in, you know, how does MGM get in if they're, if they're you know, I, I, what does that look like? Do they set up a, a brick and mortar business? Um, so that's all one side of it. But I think the, the side that uh, maybe... There's too much focus on that because people aren't thinking about the mobile side. In Vegas right now, whatever the arena is, the Golden Knights use, mm-hmm. they are set up with a, with an app already where they can people can bet you know on their app in arena, and like seventy percent of the traffic is is coming online, and that's in Vegas. Now we're talking about DC, which is a city. <laughs> like right. the state is a city, so everyone has a cell phone pretty much. I mean, and people are plugged in. It's a very mobile, heavy culture. We're not talking about like a state environment where yeah. you have r- rural areas and like I could see that number being more like ninety percent, especially without the brick and mortar infrastructure that people are used to. Maybe that you know people like going to the sports book and sitting in the sports book. Like if you don't have that and you don't have that 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 background, I think I think the mobile components can be an enormous part of the traffic. Um, so that's sort of you know. The ways in which we think this might play out, but it's it's very much kind of coming together, you know, as it goes. I uh, always like to include a little moral element. Not not so much gambling is bad or sinful. That's not where I'm going with it. But as these things progress, it's almost not that important to watch a whole football game. It's all just about who is doing what on your phone. And I don't know, just as a, a lover of of sports, that's worth considering. But the genie's out of the bottle. So yeah, again, if you talk to to Ted Leonsis, like they, he loves these these numbers that that have been done. These studies that, that show that people who who bet on sports are more involved in sports. They watch more sports and so it's sort of this they think of it as this sort of snowball effect that if you get more people betting on sports you'll get more people consuming sports and that means buying more hot dogs and buying more jerseys which and buying is more tickets and yeah, what like, they want in theory <laughs> that that's sort of but yeah the question is does it I don't authenticate know, yeah, I guess. Right? does it take away from what some of that that means to actually be rooting for an outcome if the outcome is i picked because this could come down to individual plays you could you could be if the, once the mobile infrastructure is up it's third and seven and and you are deciding which wide receiver is going to get the pass and yep. you're you're betting on that in real time i mean Cool, great, you won that, but then it's an incomplete pass and your team lost the game. Are you are you happy or are you sad? <laughs> like like there's you know what are you really invested in? Are you invested in yourself? Or are you invested in your team? That, that, that is a valid question. That I think it's gonna take a while to to fully know sort of how that plays out on a on an actual team by team basis. I think know? money is always. <laughs> the biggest thing so yeah if it's my team winning or putting some more money in my pocket i'm gonna go and putting some money in my pocket well and there's a bigger concern which uh <laughs> which is is you know that obviously there there will still be a black market for for whatever right. you know that, it, that's built in that people are comfortable using that maybe they don't want to switch to the legal market or whatever and also depending on what sports get regulated right i mean that's great. Well, let's have big four sports betting in 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 DC. Well, that leaves the college market still yeah. on the black market, and that leaves it still prone to 
potential, uh, you know, violations. All, yeah, all well, all sorts of, of of impropriety. I mean, we've seen a, a, a guy just a few years ago intentionally fumbled in a college football game to 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 shave a point spread for five hundred dollars. Mm. That was a Division One college football game. Uh, let's say we write that they decide to regulate college and, and bring that in. Well. There are already high school markets. There are already markets Jeez. at all these other levels. One of the most corrupt markets in the entire world is low-level professional tennis. Isn't that amazing? Be- because wow. because you can you can get people for small amounts of money mm-hmm. to change what happens, and you benefit as a result. And and so the question is is does this create this weird race to the bottom where the, where you you keep opening up new markets because the black market keeps opening up new markets and what happens if you get to the high school level and and what kind of pressures is that putting on a 16 year old and and on their dad who bet on the 16 year old and you know like what what are all these are all hypotheticals but but they're but they're not p- completely you know unthinkable as you start to to see well okay well where where do the lines get drawn does it mean you are really going to crack down on a black market that hasn't been cracked down on that much you know to date in order to prevent like there just are a lot of questions that nobody really has the answers to as far as dc trying to beat out the suburbs the other two states is that likely to happen from what you've studied or are they working on something in annapolis or even in richmond yeah i know maryland's been talking about it and and they certainly have the infrastructure right i mean if we talk about the, the physical brick and mortar infrastructure to be able to put stuff in much more quickly because they have casinos casinos and they have operators who are used to sort of dealing with all this and all the all the sort of safety and and you know security uh you know money security side of it and all that um so yeah i mean i don't i don't necessarily think they're going to get that much of a jump uh, if if any i feel like the numbers that get thrown around in terms of gambling nevada took in last year 4.87 billion dollars in sports bets and that's you hear that number you go wow this is such a huge industry and my sense is most of that is not coming from nevada residents right most of that is not even coming from people who are like vegas lifers who bet all the time like it's from people who come to vegas as christian part, well yeah. right. <laughs> but, that's our resident gambler but, it, but it's but it's people who, who go to town and that's part of their vegas experience right i mean and so so that's not really the state of nevada's uh gaming pool it's it's not five billion dollars maybe a billion maybe a billion dollars and that's with it being vegas so we're talking about dc what really is the sports gaming value within the district limits profit revenue it's like three hundred and sixty thousand dollars a year for the whole city they're talking about funding childhood development programs. They're talking about like the $40 million childhood development program. Maybe you wow. have a million dollars right. a year in tax revenue. It just, it doesn't to me, based on the other numbers in the other states, but it doesn't to me seem like there's really that much tax benefit in, in there. Are there other benefits for people, for, for people who like to bet on sports? Sure. But it, selling it as like this major tax benefit seems maybe uh, maybe a little oversold. Disingenuous. Uh, I don't even know that it is. I, I honestly don't think people have sat down and looked at the numbers <laughs> right, right. like like they hear for five billion dollars in vegas and they think oh well we could have a five billion dollar industry here it's not like it's clearly not um and yeah i i just i i don't i don't think that the numbers are nearly what what maybe sort of the rosy projections make them out to be now granted they're also trying to create new gamblers right they're trying to Right. Create new new market. It's not just about the existing market, but how many people who aren't already betting on sports are just because it's legal going to suddenly start betting start on doing sports? It. Yeah, I'm not. I can speak as a as a non gambler that uh you know whether it's legal or not, it's not going. It's still not going to move me yeah. to gamble. If you're not a gambler, you don't really have the gambling spirit. You know, it may be the casual person who will you know bet 
on the Super Bowl or bet, you know, on the NCAA tournament or something like that, maybe they'll be more inclined to expand, you know, their betting palette, so to speak. Right. But someone like myself, eh, it sounds like it's not going to move me to do it. Right. But, you know, for everybody else, chi and, and people of the like, you know, have at it. People who say that they know what this is going to look like, they don't know what it's no going to look like. Right. It is it is, it is, is wide open as far as how this sort of spills out. Chi, you've been mentioned twice as a man who may or may not have a gambling problem. I don't know. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure you wait. You call it a hobby. Call it a hobby. Um, yeah, so I, to Noah's point about sort of whether a person like myself who uses means that are uh, not exactly probably licensed per, by a state. Um, would I jump ship to go do it the legal route? I think it kind of depends on some of the parameters in terms of payouts and in terms of what you're owed or and when you owe it. Um, you know, when you're dealing with a bookie a lot of times, offshore or otherwise, you reach a certain threshold. You're down 200, you're up 200, three, four, five, whatever. And then you pay, but you're kind of working with not real money up until you get into that uh, $200 or whatever it is. Whereas if you're doing this legally, I'm assuming probably you have to put money into some sort of an account. And, you know, if you, if you lose that, you're going to have to keep putting it. It's almost like daily fantasy sports. You're going to have to keep putting more money mm-hmm. into it. And that could be something that either strays me away or maybe is enticing. I don't know. It depends on where I mean, the, le- the, the legal way somebody not named Rocco is not going to come try to break your legs if you don't have the money. That's true. <laughs> so right. Well, well, and there's that. But, she, but she's point, which, which, which is that a lot of illegal you know, or, or black market gambling like takes place on credit. That, that's, that's, right. yeah. that's long been established. And that, and that <laughs> the people who, are, who will only bet on credit are, are not going to convert to legal gambling because they right they have to put the money down that's that's sort of a, a you know that's one of the one of the barriers that's that's in the way in terms of bringing that market online unless dc does credit checks for uh pending potential gamblers <laughs> which i don't see happening um you're probably going to have to put the money in yourself yes i'm assuming and uh i mean i think it is appealing though for somebody like myself and in dc as well i mean we're talking about the numbers here and how they it's almost you know when you you and i were or you were mentioning your points noah like we were talking about the olympics and how cities will rush to say oh look at the economic benefit you'll have from bringing the olympics into your city and really we've done conversations and had conversations where that's actually not the case and that could be it with gambling i will say that dc is probably a wealthier city Mm -hmm. you are dealing with people who might be putting in some higher stakes bets here a lot of important people and this is a city that likes all different kinds of sports so you know whether it's soccer football you name it i think that there is a even if it could be small and not a huge economic development I do think it is smart. I think for the city to offer this. So, and your point about about the demographic is is interesting. And I and there's sort of two different varying trains of thought as as to how that's going to manifest in D.C. Which is that yeah, there is a higher level of income here, and sports gamblers tend to be more affluent. They tend to be, mm-hmm. you know, of of a certain demographic. But that is the more the illegal market that already exists. Whereas they've done studies where they've asked people, would you start betting? And that demographic tends to be much younger. It's your your high risk youth male, you know, eighteen mm-hmm. to twenty four year old mm-hmm. male, not necessarily high income, uh, which isn't really the demo of DC. And so it's I, I don't I don't know how that squares up. You know, when when we see it in practice, does it does that mean that 
there's more of a market because it's hitting both, or does that mean that there's less of a market because that crossover isn't actually there? People that play Keno will probably go place right. a bet on... So you're gambling anyway. Yeah. So if you Maybe. happen to play Keno or yeah. get the scratch-offs or play your, play your numbers every day... Which a lot of people do, older folks, you know, whoever go in and play the numbers at the little corner store every day. If you happen to like sports also, you'll probably place a bet. Mm -hmm. The more operators there are, the better sort of on a free market idea of like keeping odds in the consumer's favor, you know, giving them better odds. But the more possible issues there arise, obviously, in other ways as far as safety and security and and also, you know, people who view this as sort of a regressive tax. One of the guys I talked to for this piece was saying there's people who view sports betting as entertainment and there's people who view sports betting as an investment, right? Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with the lottery, right? Right. You view it as entertainment or you view it as an investment. Well, one of them is, there's a fine line and you could argue the line's kind of blurred. One of them is what the gambling industry likes to see (laughs) and promote. And the other one is what they don't like to talk about, right? And and it's, uh, another component uh, that was was brought up to was there's no, there's no like problem gambling uh, services in DC, despite us having a lottery. Almost every state like has that, and one of the guys was really pushing that if you're going to do this, you have to set this up because you have that potential for like really bad fallout for people who, you know, I mean, it's like it's like any an addiction to anything, mm, right. like it's it's a brain chemistry issue that yeah. that you you have to be able to go help people because they they could get themselves in real trouble, and we don't really have those those uh, services right now. Read Noah's piece at WTOP.com. Educate yourself on where we might be with sports gambling here in D.C. The DMV Sports Roundtable is on Apple Podcasts, the Podcast One app, PodcastOne.com, and WTOP's mobile app. Just tap listen. For Jamal and Chris and George and Noah, I'm Dimitri. For Redskins fans, large and small, all around this globe, God help us.